Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I have a very big and special announcement before we dive into today's episode, and I think you're going to like it. I think you're going to like it because it's cool and because it's free, which always makes everything better, right? So here's the deal. I have launched a second podcast. Don't worry, it's not changing anything about the Primal Potential podcast. This is going to stay here three days a week like it has been, but I launched another one. And this one is exclusively motivation and all of the episodes will be shorter than five minutes and it's going to be a five day a week podcast. So we're talking short daily episodes that are all about motivation and encouragement. I used to have, well, actually, I still do have, and some of you might be subscribed to it. I have this iPhone app, right? And the iPhone app had an optional upgrade for daily motivations, let's seven days a week, at $5 a month. But it was only for iPhone, the app development process, you know, whatever, it wasn't free, blah, blah, blah. And I love those daily motivations, but I knew they weren't reaching a whole lot of people, partly because... I never talk about it, partly because it's only on iPhone, partly because it's not free. And one of my big commitments in 2017 is to do all I can to give you what you need. And so a free Daily Motivations podcast. Now, a couple of things. A, I need your help. B, it's brand spanking new, so you can't find it in the iTunes search yet. All right. I'm going to put a link to the show up on the show notes page. I'll also put it on the Primal Potential Facebook page and the Instagram page. Um, But you've got to use that link to find the show for now. It's called the Daily Motivations Podcast. If you search that right now, you're going to find another motivational podcast that's not mine and hasn't had an had any new episodes in a few months. So mine is brand new. There's only a few episodes up right now. Uh, So you've got to use the link to find the show. Here's the other thing and where I would love your help. If you listen to the first few episodes and you enjoy them or you find them helpful, that's where I need you. The way that iTunes works is that the shows that display in recommendations for new people or at the top of the category charts, those are based on which shows have subscribers and ratings and reviews. So this is how I'm asking for your help. If you love the idea of this podcast and you find the content helpful, I only want your help if you find it helpful for you. I'm not asking anybody to do me like favors just because, you know, I'm cute or whatever. (laughs) But if you find it helpful, if you want to see me keep up with this new show, please subscribe and, 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 and leave a rating as well as a review. So the rating is like, 
how many stars you give it. And a review is actually, you type in kind of what you like about it. Leaving a review isn't the easiest process in the world, but it does only take about a minute. I wrote a blog post on how to leave a, a review because it's not super intuitive on the iPhone or on the iTunes um, site. But I will link to that how-to over on the show notes at primalpotential.com. So many of you ask me how you can support Primal Potential. This would be a really great way. If you enjoy this podcast, if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review. Again, this is motivation and encouragement only. It's not a fat loss podcast. There will be five episodes a week, Monday through Friday. They will all be less than five minutes so that you can sort of recharge and refocus every single day towards your highest potential. Um, So I will link to the show because it's not yet in the search results, or my show is not yet in the search results, but one of the ways we can really make that happen is with subscribers, with ratings and reviews. So if you would give me just a few minutes of your time to check it out, and if you love it, subscribe, leave a rating and review, it would really mean the world to me. And I just want 2017 to be our year. Every single one of us crushing it, not making excuses, not falling into the same old patterns of behavior, but really stepping out and saying, yeah, I am wildly determined to create my highest potential. And that starts now. So, all right, enough of that. Thank you in advance if you do check it out and leave a rating and review and subscribe to the show. Today, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with one of my clients. Her name's Chris. She had lost a good bit of weight before we started working together but she was afraid she was gonna put it back on because she had done that before. So she's in this position where she had lost some weight and then she's like, I know what normally happens here. I do the work to lose the weight and then I put it back on. I don't wanna do that anymore, it's exhausting. She didn't wanna go backwards. She wanted to maintain those results and not have to do the work anymore. So she joined the Fat Loss Fast Track and we have a conversation about how she broke free from that cycle of losing weight and putting it back on, where I know a lot of people find ourselves. Um, We talk about journaling and how that helped. We also talk a good bit about fat loss breakfasts and what changed when she stopped going for the oatmeal and the fruit and really started focusing on the principles that I teach in the episodes I've done on breakfast, like Q&A 6. I will link to that in the show notes because it's way back when. Um, And really focused on creating breakfasts that stimulate fat loss, as well as leave you feeling less hungry and with fewer cravings. And then we also talk about what is still hard, evening routines, the pursuit of perfection and apologizing or feeling guilty for not being perfect. I think you're gonna really enjoy the conversation. Thank you to Chris for being so open and uh, I'll catch you on the other side. At this point in my life, I had lost a lot of weight and felt like I was starting to lose my focus Mm -hmm. and um, gaining some of the weight back, not to where I was, but starting my, my weight seemed started to go up. Mm -hmm. And so I just felt like I needed something so that I didn't gain the weight back because I have done that multiple times and I didn't want to do that again. Yeah, I totally get that. You know, it's funny, just today, actually, in the mail, I got this little thing from um, Tony Robbins, just one of his mailers for an upcoming event. And one of the interesting things that it said, and you just said something that made me think of this, it says that one of the main reasons that we lose motivation and why so many people will lose weight and gain it back is because of the way 
we are driven to seek pleasure and avoid pain, right? And he was talking yep. about how this works, and I talk about this a lot in Breaking Barriers, but when we are at our heaviest or our most unhappy, we want to end that pain, and so we take action, and then we get results, and then we're not in as much pain, so then we seek pleasure, <laughs> right? And a lot yep. of times, because we don't know any better yet, and that's part of what we do in the Fat Loss Fast Track, but we only really know to find pleasure in convenient places like food and alcohol. Yeah. And so then we seek the pleasure, we regain the weight, we find the pain, and then we're like, oh, no, 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 I need to avoid this pain. And mm. that is that cycle that can yeah. really trap people. I, I'm like you. I lost the weight, I gained the weight. I lost the weight, I gained the weight. Mm -hmm. So within the fat loss fast track, if you were coming from a place where multiple times you had lost weight and put it back on, what, if anything, for you has been different in the fat loss fast track to help you with that cycle? Cause that cycle is exhausting. Yeah, uh, it is exhausting. And I think the first thing and the biggest thing is the journaling. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that I'm not perfect with the journaling. Well, and I hate, I'm kicking myself right now that I even use that word, but <laughs> why? Not why are you kicking yourself for using that word? <laughs> Because that's one of my things that I'm trying to get away from is that all or nothing. You're either perfect or you're horrible. It's like never in that neutral zone, you know? Well, let's and so, pause there for a second. I want to okay. hear how and why the journaling has been helpful for you. But you just did something that everybody does. And, and I'm sure you've noticed this in our Facebook group at times. But we'll say, I wasn't perfect, but... Or I've made a few mistakes, but as if we have to apologize for not being perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have yeah. to excuse the fact, like, pardon me, I've been imperfect. Please forgive me, I've been imperfect. I know I haven't been perfect, but it is an implied apology because we feel like we should have been perfect. And yeah. the more we can really embrace the concept Perfection is not the goal. Not only is it not the goal, it's not possible. It's not required. You can transform in any way and every way without perfection. So in our, in our group, I'm often saying the but that you put in there, I've had a good week, but, or I haven't been perfect, but it's not required because we have to break out of this cycle of apologizing for not being perfect. So what you just said, I'll admit that I haven't been perfect, <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> you don't have well, to do it that has for been, yourself. It has been insightful for me to start journaling. Yeah. And more than just food, because I've done that before, mm -hmm. but not really used all the other things like, um, you know, my emotions when I'm eating or my emotions of the day or, yes. um, you know, eating when I'm not hungry or mm -hmm. being starving and then not eating what I really had intended to because I'm let myself go so far that I'm starving, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, that's why I think the journaling was number one. And another thing that was eye opening for me was all, um, and I've listened to quite a few of your talks now about the carbs in the morning. Yeah. Because I, you know, a lot of foods that I was eating on other programs or just when I was trying to be mindful of the food I was putting in my mouth were 
carbs, you know, like uh, a certain brand of oatmeal yeah. or uh, fruit. And that would, that was kind of my first morning thing. And now since I've started on this, I'm big into, first of all, whoever heard of rice cauliflower before I met you, <laughs> you know, I didn't know what it was. So, um, you know, I do just some of the breakfasts you have suggested or, or talked about. And I feel like that is one thing that is now become a habit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even in my anywhere in my radar before. Mm -hmm. So I think those are probably the two biggest consistent changes that I have made mm -hmm. that um, I feel like have really kind of started me in the right direction. I think a lot of people do what you just described in terms of like, I thought I was doing the right thing by having the fruit salad and the oatmeal or the, you know, multi-grain toast and, and peanut butter or whatever it is. What have you noticed in terms of how you feel, whether that's hunger, energy cravings, or whether that's emotion, what is different when you started reducing those kinds of things and focusing more on protein, fat, veggie? The biggest thing is I feel like it satisfies me longer. Yeah. I don't feel hungry again in two hours, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I feel, I don't know, I guess I more even, you yeah. know, I don't feel like up and down. I yeah. feel just a little bit more evenly in control. Now I will say, so I start my morning like that, mm -hmm. but you know, I still haven't developed into my whole day sure. of habits. Absolutely. But but that but that's definitely given me a change in how I start my day. I think that's so major because one of the reasons that I used to struggle when I was dieting is I was freaking hungry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? exactly. Like you exactly. you finish your oatmeal and you're like, okay, so what's for snack? <laughs> <That> right. <laughs> yeah. Um and we we sort of like feed this monster of hunger and low energy when we have some of those things that we really believed were healthy. And the thing is, I don't want anybody to take my word for the fact that they might not be best for your energy or for your hunger or for your cravings or for your fat loss. But when you start yeah. to do it yourself, you find out real quick. You find right. out so fast that you're not as hungry, that you have more energy. Like you said, just that sense of like stability. I don't yeah. feel so controlled by urges. And the other thing that I think is so huge that you said is, the journaling is about more than the food. Everybody thinks that it's just about the discipline of writing down what you put in your mouth. And yeah, that's mm -hmm. important. You want to see what you're eating, but the real value and the real learning and the real awareness comes from everything is going to hell when I'm tired or when I'm stressed or when I'm whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's really major. One of the things that I want to dive into, and this might be related to an area where you're struggling a little bit, is this idea that while you've made these changes in the morning, you haven't adopted them later in the day. And I first want to say, good, and that's okay. And the reason that I say that is because too often we set out to change everything all at once. And then mm -hmm. if we don't, we feel like we screwed up. What's the point? Yeah, my morning was good, but the afternoon sucked. So what's the point? And mm -hmm. then we create this guilt and this negativity and this drama. And we're basically saying no thank you to progress because it wasn't perfect, which is mm -hmm. insane, right? That's like saying, yeah. well, I didn't save $100 today. So don't bother with the 80. I don't even want to save it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's exactly. crazy. So yeah. the key is in looking for incremental progress. 
and not even seeking that incremental progress until you really feel good and steady and in control with mm -hmm. the changes that you've made. So do you feel like those early in the day changes are solid and foundational for you? I really do. In the morning, I that is solid. I, I mean, even, today I forgot I was at work earlier and I forgot I didn't bring breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to eat any, you know, I didn't want to eat anything. Finally, about 11 and I was getting hungry then mm -hmm. I grabbed an orange and I almost felt it didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like your um, rhythm, your routine. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So where do things start to get shaky for you? At what point in the day do you feel like this isn't my habit? I don't have this nailed and rock solid. Where does that shift happen? Kind of lunch in general, just um, so I would say, and usually I'll eat in the morning around seven or eight while I'm at work at my desk um, and then busy all morning and not hungry. So yep. do fine. But then around lunchtime, so one ish yep. or so, then I start getting hungry and I do different things, but nothing is really solidified yet and okay. or nothing feels consistent. And so I, and I always do something small because I don't really take a lunch. Again, I'm doing it while I'm at work, doing computer work or whatever. And um, so it's more, I would say a snack than a solid sit down lunch. Is that working and, for you? No, because okay. this is the problem. <laughs> I work between six and seven mm -hmm. and I'm starving. Yeah. And so then when I get home and I know all this intellectually, yep. I know it, but I just haven't, where my morning has become solid and a habit and I don't want to say easy, but, but comfortable. Yep. The other things have not yet. Yep. And I, I just haven't found my niche yet. Yep. And then at night I tend to, um, just eat too much. I, yep. I know I'm starting out hungry and then I don't wait to see when I'm full and I go from hungry to stuffed, yeah. you know, from zero to 360 or 180 or whatever you want to say, you know, too quickly. And then yeah. I'm not pleased with my choices. All right. So let's break this down. Now, what a lot of people would do is they would look at the problem of eating too much in the evening and try to white knuckle willpower or beat themselves up to eat less. And I don't mm -hmm. think that's where it makes sense. Cause as you said, you're not really eating much during the day. You're hungry mm -hmm. when you leave work and it's not working for you. I don't mm -hmm. have any problem whatsoever with you having smaller snacks during the day, but this like bringing a little something to munch on or just winging it isn't working. So there are a couple mm -hmm. of different options and it depends a lot on your personality and what you like. And part of this will depend on you deciding I'm going to try one strategy this week and see what's good about it and what's not good about it and then go through this process again. What worked? What didn't? What was easy? What wasn't easy? What do I need to adjust and change? And that's really the process of paying attention to you instead of looking outward or looking at what's wrong, looking at what you can do to make this easier. So one strategy would be Maybe if you tend to be really busy and not terribly hungry during the day, but you know you're going to be hungry at the end of the day, maybe you identify three or four smaller snacks that you can bring to work that are easy. Maybe you can even leave them there 
and you spread them out throughout the day so that you're never at a point where when you leave work, there's nothing on your stomach and you're ready to eat your, you know, car interior, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing would be to make one meal, like one batch of a meal, whether that's say turkey chili or it's chicken salad or it's something that you can make in a batch ahead of time and then bring one serving of it to work every day as lunch and do it ahead of time so that you're not adding complexity to your routine, right? Yeah. There are a lot of different things. You, you know, another option would be to have a significantly bigger breakfast. But for a lot of people, that doesn't necessarily solve the problem. There are some people that it really will. But I find that especially with women, that you end up eating more, but you still have that hunger after the, after the fact. So mm -hmm. maybe you look at, you know, having um, a small thing of nuts and a, a baggie of vegetables or some hard boiled eggs or some beef jerky or a protein bar and you bring three or four of those things and you eat them throughout the day as you feel hungry or you make something ahead of time. It's all ready for the whole week. You just have to take whatever is available for that day. The other thing that I used to do a lot of when I worked in corporate America is whatever was for dinner so that I didn't eat too much of it. Because I would do that too, especially if I was making something that was quote unquote fat loss friendly when I first got started. I'd be like, mm -hmm. oh, well, seconds and thirds, I mean, at least it's healthy, but there's <laughs> nothing that's healthy when you eat more of it than your body needs. Because if you eat more than your body needs, it has to be stored, whether it's chicken breast or Twinkies, storage is storage, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I found really helpful is when I would prepare dinner, before I would eat, I would take some of it, put it in Tupperware or a baggie or whatever, in the fridge it goes, because that's lunch for the next day. That's a good idea. Yeah. And that way there's just less available. You're not going after it. And I'm not going to go in the fridge and eat tomorrow's lunch because now I've created more work for myself. Right. But putting it up okay. first was a huge part of my success because otherwise I would just go back and eat more of it. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. So yeah, I would, if that one is the one that resonates most with you, try mm -hmm. that for a week. Even okay. if you have to make a little bit more at dinner, do it, right? Set it okay. aside ahead of time. See how it goes for a week and then sit down with your journal at the end of the week and say, what meals was I not excited to eat the next day? Or what didn't go well? Where was the problem? And adjust there. Really okay. kind of look at where you can improve your strategy. Does that make sense? Yep, it sure does. So let me ask I, you a question. Go ahead. If somebody called you, somebody you know, and they say, hey, Chris, you know, I heard you on the Primal Potential podcast and you were talking about, you know, how it's helped you. I'm thinking about it, but the fact of the matter is I've spent so much money on, on diets and, and I kind of do what you're doing. I lose the weight, but then I stop doing the work and I put it back on. What advice would you give to them? I think mostly, and this is another thing that I think in, it's kind of almost like a tangent of a, of a positive thing I've gotten from this. Okay. My whole experience or past experience has been about, I was just rewatching one of the webinars about the, um, having the roots and, and yes. the fruit. Yeah. And, and I've always gone after the fruit, you know, I had a goal, the whether result. it was, yes, yeah. always, you know, whether it was a size or a weight number, or I was going on vacation. And so yeah. I wanted to wait. Mm -hmm. 
And I never felt like I made that solid foundation there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what I feel like this is starting to give me. Plus, I always, even though I don't completely, I haven't stopped this, but before I would always beat myself up when I wasn't doing what I intellectually knew I should be doing. Right. And I think now after listening to you, I, I realize that it's part of my practice and part of my learning. It doesn't mean that it, that I'm a, I failed, you know, it does not opportunity to learn. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that's why I think it's good. And that's why I'm so glad that I've done it. Even though if I did want to talk about end results, I'm not where I wanted to be, or maybe not even as, as, successful as far as that goal. Yeah. But I have gained so many things that in the past, however many years that I've been dieting, I never even knew existed. So I would absolutely say to do that and try this because it's so different than any other diet law or, you know, weight loss program or even on my own. It's so different than any other way I've done it before. And just to give people some context to the roots and the fruits thing, so they're not like, what the hell are they talking about? (laughs) Um, So basically, if you imagine that you have this big, beautiful fruit tree in your backyard, and every day you go out there, let's say it's an apple tree, and every day you go out there and you shine those apples, you know, and and you, you talk to them and you sing to them and you make sure that the sun is shining right and that they're not getting too much sun but not too little, and every day you just go out there and you take care of those apples, well, you know what? they're gonna fall off and they're gonna die because their energy source, their fuel comes from the roots. And too often we ignore the roots and we only care about the fruits. And to your point, that's when we're striving for, you know, 10 pound weight loss, fitting into these genes. We're only concerned with the fruit, the outcome, the result, the end goal. And we don't ever look at the root, the way we care for ourselves, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we think, the way we justify choices, the way we talk ourselves out of choices, those are the roots. And so I think you make a great point that we really are focused on the root. And when you do that, the fruit takes care of itself. Does it take a little bit longer? Yeah. But at the same time, while you might get faster results on that diet plan, you do the work over and over and over and over and over and over and over because the fruit falls and then you have to recreate it and you have to, you know, you never do the work of establishing good, healthy roots. And so you're always just trying to strive for more fruit, more fruit, more fruit. But when you care for the roots, the fruits take care of themselves. So I think that that's really sage advice. Very, very sage advice. I am so grateful for your honesty because there's not that many people who are comfortable saying like, number one, I lost weight and I put it back on. And number two, I'm okay with the fact that the results aren't as fast as I hoped they would be, but I'm getting something out of it anyway. And that is incredibly valuable because the fact that you can see the long-term value of the work that you are doing right now is a sure sign of your success, an incredible example to anybody who can hear your voice right now. So I just have to give you major, major props. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I so much appreciate your support and how much, I mean, how much you've brought to the group. And even just when I was listening to, before I joined Fat Loss Fast Track 
and was listening to the webinars and, and um, even in the daily motivations and all mm. that kind of thing. You have just really, um, you've supported and helped me and I appreciate it very much. It's honestly my pleasure to, to hear your story and hear the way you're really paying attention to yourself, the way you're so aware of where you've established true habit and where you still need to work and that you can express it without frustration, but with genuine curiosity that is exactly where you need to be. And at the risk of being redundant, I'm just, I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you. And I'm so grateful um, on behalf of everybody that hears this, that you were willing to share uh, some of your journey. So thank you so much. I think one of the most powerful things Chris and I discussed in that episode, and thank you, Chris, for your honesty and sharing. The most powerful thing I think we discussed was at the very start, when we were talking about why we lose the weight and so frequently put it back on and then lose it again and put it back on. And I think that's because prior to weight loss, we are uncomfortable. There's something we feel motivated to change. We want to feel better and or look better. And so we do the work. We do the work because there is more reward in doing the work than in not doing the work. There's more appeal to escaping the pain of discomfort than there is appeal in the pleasure of food. And here's where we often struggle. We get some results. We feel proud or accomplished. And there's less pain and therefore less pain to escape. So we begin looking for pleasure. And many of us look for that pleasure in food. We turn to the food for pleasure. And what do we create? Pain. Hello, hamster wheel. I want to challenge every single one of you. Here's the challenge, guys. Think about ways to bring yourself pleasure that don't end in pain. Think about ways to bring yourself pleasure that don't end in pain. Like hostess cupcakes, maybe momentary pleasure over time, creating more of that pain. We have to be inquisitive here, curious here. Look at your past pattern of behavior. See it as a gold mine of learning and understanding. Seriously, you can look back and go, well, how, I mean, was it worth it? How did I feel afterwards? All of your past attempts, successful or otherwise, they are a gold mine of information that can really help you take it to the next level. Ask yourself, if I keep making this choice I'm considering, how am I going to feel about it in a month or in a year or hell, in a week? And if the end result that you can anticipate is pain or discomfort or dissatisfaction, keep looking. Keep looking for something where you can say, I feel great about that. And that's what I really try to help people create for themselves, find for themselves, establish and integrate for themselves within the Fat Loss Fast Track. And the reason I bring that up is because today is the very last day to register for the Winter Fat Loss Fast Track, that 12-week coaching program, because it kicks off on Sunday, January 8th. And then it'll be a few more months before we have another round. So if you want to grab your spot, Go to primalpotential.com forward slash winter17, winter17 for all the details and all the answers to every single one of your questions and to register. And if you missed it, there will be a wait list up on primalpotential.com. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really hope you enjoy the new podcast. Definitely head over to the show notes page for this episode over on primalpotential.com to get the link to check out that new podcast. It would mean so much to me. Talk to you guys later. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.